Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 246. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by a marvelous member of the Blueprint Live Online instructor crew, continuing our discussion today with Ali about the MCAT. We are in our MCAT 101 series. Last week, we talked about courses that you should think about taking before taking the MCAT. This week, we're going to talk about some MCAT basics. What's on the MCAT? What do what the sections look like? Because a lot of students going into this don't know. And you may know, and this is a good episode for you to skip, but if you don't know, then stay tuned. Don't forget to go sign up for a free Blueprint MCAT account over at blueprintmcat.com. When you sign up for a free account at blueprintmcat.com, you get access to their free full-length one, half-length diagnostic, 1,600-plus flashcards expertly crafted on their new space repetition platform, and an amazing online study planner tool, all for free at blueprintmcat.com. Let's go and jump into our episode with Ali, talking MCAT 101. Ali, welcome back to the MCAT podcast for our MCAT 101 series. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back. Yes, you you survived uh, our, <laughs> our first episode. Um, you you did what we needed you to do. Apparently, you're smart enough. You know this stuff. So we'll have you back for another episode. <laughs> every, every episode, it's always, are you going to make it back to another one? That's that's uh, not how we operate here, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Um, so this MCAT 101 series, the last episode, we talked about the classes that a student should think about to take the MCAT, maybe classes they could skip or classes that aren't typically talked about uh, that may help them get some extra points on the MCAT. So if you didn't watch that one, go back and watch that one or listen to that one. But today we're going to go very basic. What is the MCAT? What is on it? What does it look like? What's test day look like? And that's changed here relatively recently. Um, One of the things that I love talking about is that when I went to college, right, my my, I was the first one to go to a four-year university in my uh, in my family. The first one to be a doctor. I I had no really support and and guidance along the way to understand all of this stuff. My pre-med advisor at the University of Florida was useless, um, and so I had to figure it all out on my own. And I didn't know what the MCAT was until 
my junior year when, surprise, you should be taking the MCAT. And so it was kind of a shock for me to to realize that there was this huge test out there. And I, very similar to many people who mistakenly think that the MCAT is just another test and, oh, look, I have good grades. I'm a good test taker. I'll be fine. Uh, I, I obviously kind of struggled to to grasp what the MCAT was all about. So I think this is, it, it seems very basic, but I think it's very important to, to really just talk about what is this MCAT thing? When when someone says like, Ollie, you you teach this MCAT stuff. What is the MCAT? What What's your response to that? Yeah, I start with the basics, just a test you need to take. Uh, I think um, back in the day when I took the MCAT and when you took the MCAT, um, people didn't talk much about the test and you were kind of like hit in the face with MCAT in your junior year. But I feel we're transitioning into just now the MCAT is the boogeyman you hear about in your <laughs> freshman year. And you kind of make it into more than, than it is. Um, the MCAT is just a test you need to take into medical school. You shouldn't be surprised by it. You should prepare for it way ahead of time with the classes you choose to take, with the with the timeline of your of your uh, of your college career. That like when should I take the MCAT and how can I make time for it? Um, but it's just a test that will allow you into medical school. Now, what's on the tests? There are some sciences, but it's mostly a critical thinking test and a problem solving test. So. Um, again, if you're a freshman listening to this episode, you shouldn't be scared of the MCAT, but you should recognize that the MCAT is a problem-solving test that is based on the basic sciences you're learning today. Mm. Okay. So what does the MCAT look like right now? Yeah. So the MCAT is a seven and a half hour test. Uh, the MCAT format changed a lot over the years. It went from my first MCAT was... Uh, eight and a half hours, and then it went down to three, four hours, and now we're back up to seven and a half hours. There are four sections on the MCAT. Three of them are sciences, uh, chem phys, or chemical and physical foundations of biological systems, uh, cars, uh, so critical analysis and reasoning skills, then bio, biochem, biological and biochemical foundations of biological system, and then psychology and sociology at the end. Uh, so three sciences and one uh, critical reasoning on on uh, literature and social science passages. Okay, and what does it look like in terms of uh, the the length of the test? How many questions are each section? Let's let's go super basic here. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll start with the just we'll we'll go through it section by section. The MCAT is a passage based test. That means in each section you will see passages you have to read before you can answer. Uh, four to seven questions on the passage based on the section. Mm. So the first section you will see on the test will always be will always be the chemphys section. And in this section, you will see 59 questions. Of these 59 questions, you have 95 minutes to answer them. Of these 59 questions, you have 15 questions that are called discrete. That means they are not passage-based. These tend to be skill one or skill two questions based on your content knowledge or a bit of problem solving. Then you have 44 questions distributed over 10 passages, four to six questions in each passage. So you have 10 passages with an average of 4.4 questions per passage. Um, this is for ChemFits. Now, the same thing can be, can be said about bio, biochem, and, uh, and psych, so at the end. 
but you see these are your third and fourth sections of the task. Section two is the car section. Since this is only about critical reasoning, you will not see discrete questions. Uh, you will have 53 minutes, oh, sorry, you will have 53 questions uh, and you will have 90 minutes to answer these questions. These questions are distributed over nine passages. So you will have an average of close to six questions per passage where the distribution is five to seven questions per passage. Mm. Okay. So, it's a lot of questions mm -hmm. and it's a lot of time, right? It's yes. seven and a half hours roughly, right? Of, of testing yes. time back when we took it, it was a, a four, four and a half hour, uh, long test, uh, which is much more comfortable for me. Uh, <laughs> my butt would be less sore, uh, then although the board exams are eight hour long tests as well, once you're yeah. in medical school. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that was part of the MCAT strategy is let's, let's prepare these students butts to sit for eight hours long. Um, the the change that we saw with COVID, the AAMC said, we're going to shorten the test so that we can fit in more test times each day because of all these cancellations and, yep. and closures and, and whatever. Uh, we need we still need slots for people to take the MCAT so that they can take it and apply to medical school and blah, blah, blah. Do you think we'll see a shorter MCAT or a change in the MCAT format, whether permanently or, or temporarily again moving forward? Um, there is no way of knowing what AMC is planning. AMC keeps everything secret, I think for good reason. Um, but I think the success we had with a shorter MCAT might give, might give some insight into like what AMC's plans are. But for the time being, if you're planning to take the MCAT in the next couple of years, there's no news on shortening the MCAT. We're back to full-length MCAT. Uh, I think initially they wanted to do three MCATs per day. That's part of the reason they shortened it. Mm -hmm. uh, now, then we back we went into two MCATs per day uh, just so that they can have less students uh, in each administration so that there's more social distancing within the rooms. Now, hopefully COVID is not going to resurge back in the fall. But uh, so far, the plan is to keep it as um, just the full-length MCAT for now. Yeah. And, and most of the days, I think, are, are just one test time each day. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're back to one test administration day. So the 3 p.m. MCAT is gone for now. Yeah. For, I think there's still some test dates that have a 3 p.m., which is interesting why they, they kept some and, and not all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'm one of those who thinks that the, the AAMC should have a long time ago uh, figured out how to administer the tests at home just on, on your own computer. All the major yeah. tests uh, seem to switch to that with COVID. So yeah. it's, it's boggling that they, they yeah. don't do that. AMC is kind of the only holdover because I think the the GRE and the LSAT uh, transition into like you take it at your own computer with a webcam watching you. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that as a student, uh, but why? What what's what's your hesitation there? Uh, I'm not hesitant about it. I think it's something to adjust to. So obviously you need to practice with this setting, taking your test, like pick a spot in your house where you will always take it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's something to adjust to where you're watched with a webcam instead of going to a testing site. Yeah. But personally, I'm going to agree with you that it's safer to take it at home, like in the middle yeah. of a pandemic. Um, now to their credit, AMC is taking a lot of precautions. 
uh, to to make sure to maintain like social distancing and maintain everybody's wearing a mask. Uh, but yeah, it's much safer to take it at home. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so the the car section. Let's let's talk about the car section because yeah. the car section is the section that freaks people out the most. Yeah. What's your general advice when it comes to telling students why the car section is maybe a little bit different than all the other sections and, and some advice on how to do well in cars? Yeah, so uh, two things I wanna focus on uh, right now is one, for the students who think cars is not as important, I think the data from the from years, like it, from the last 10 years show that students who do better on cars tend to get like into medical schools and students with very low car scores tend not to go into medical school. The average car score for admission tends to be like high, as high or even higher than the sciences, especially if you're aiming to go into a top school. So it's not something, it's not a section to ignore and it's not a section that's less important. It is as important, if not more important than, uh, than the remaining sec uh, sections of the, uh, of the MCAT. So, and it's a section that requires a lot of preparation. This is the one section where you cannot kind of like power through on the strength of your content. Uh, I know a lot of students who didn't practice enough, but they know enough content to get a decent enough score on some of the science sections, but you cannot do this on cars. You want to start prepping for cars on a weekly and daily basis, months before you take your MCAT. Um, I also think that my next point, and I think if you're prepping for the MCAT, this should be some point of focus from you. The skills you build in learning how to beat the car section translate into the sciences. This is a pure critical thinking section, whereas the sciences are a combination of content and critical thinking. So I see that my students, as they improve on the car section, their science scores are also up. They do better on, um, problem-solving questions and passive-based questions on the sciences compared to what they've done when their car scores uh, were lower. Uh, so it's a very important section, not science-based. And I think the skills you build for the car section will, will help you do better on the sciences. I think these are the main points uh, for the car section. What is your general advice when it comes to uh, actually doing better in the car section? I know a lot of people are like, well, just just read more, right? But what yeah. what what is your your thought? Because passive reading, obviously, in my mind, isn't going to help anything. What what are your thoughts when it comes to reading? What what types of things should students be reading, and what should they be doing while they're reading to improve their their reading comprehension? That's a great point. Like I hear from a lot of students say, like I read a book every week or I read a lot of novels and that usually does not translate into doing well on the cars section. Um, so if you're reading outside of like practicing for cars, you're doing outside reading to get your skills better, read argument-based passages. Uh, instead of reading a just a novel, maybe read articles from uh, maybe a book review. A book review would be a great one because it has an argument. It's evaluating a book. The author is writing it for a purpose. Um, so a book review would be a great uh, example of something that could be on a car's passage. And when you're reading, um, exactly like Ryan said, you're not passively reading, you're actively reading the article. 
uh, whether it is a book review or anything else, like argument-based article. Uh, you're evaluating the arguments. Uh, I tell my students, uh, read it as if you're grading an essay. So if you ever had to grade essays in high school, I know we had this thing where you write an essay and the students like will like exchange essays and you have to grade your friends' essays. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what you need to do. Like, what's the main point? How does the author support this main point? How do the, how do the paragraphs uh, relate to each other? How do the ideas relate to the overall message of the passage? You want to engage with the, uh, with, with the material you're reading with what the author is saying, but you want to go deeper into why is the author saying this and how does it like fit with the other elements of, um, of the material you read. Yeah. Very, very important. Awesome. So we talked about kind of what the test looks like, the different sections, how long it takes, the the number of questions and, and what it's all about. Um, the one thing that, uh, I like to, to make sure students understand is you talked about passage-based questions and then these separate discrete blocks that uh, separate some of the passages in in each of the sections, uh, or at least the the science-based sections. But a lot of the passage-based questions are also discrete questions. Talk about those differences to help students understand that the information that a question may be asking may have nothing to do with the passage they just read. Yeah, it, it happens a lot on um, on MCAT passages, whether it's the real MCAT or AMC material. Um, I remember seeing a, an optics passage on the, I think it was the AMC physics question pack, where it was a huge passage with multiple figures and none of the five questions had anything to do with the passage. So anytime where you spend, like, if you obsessed over every detail in the passage, you didn't end up getting any payoff from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that you will always get passages where none of the questions relate to the passage. So um, I'm going to break down passage questions into three general categories. Uh, category one are what you expect from passage questions. These are passage analysis questions. You want to understand the experiments. You want to understand the equation and the figure. Uh, in order to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. These tend to be either like skill three or skill four or skill two questions. Now, what I mentioned, by the way, skills, uh, there are four skills that are tested on the MCAT. We might discuss them uh, later on, but you can see them on the um, uh, AMC, what's on the MCAT document. Uh, So type one questions, you need to understand the passage. Mm -hmm. Now type two, you need some information in the passage, but you don't really need to understand the passage. So these fall under the category that Ryan, you were just mentioning. Um, there is something mentioned in the passage that is tested. Like an example of this would be that, well, we used uh, a visible light laser in the experiment. And then the question will ask you, well, what's the wavelength or what could be the wavelength of the laser they used? So what's being tested in here is your ability to know what is the what are the wavelengths for visible lights. Nothing in the passage will help you to answer the question except knowing that they mentioned visible light in the passage. So you need information in the passage, but you don't need the passage, understanding the passage to answer the question. That's two. And then we have the third one, um, and this is exactly what Ryan was talking about. You don't need the passage at all. The passage, the question is within the topic of the passage, 
but it does not relate. Uh, no information of the passage in the passage is needed to answer these questions. Uh, this is where these tend to be content questions where, um, what do you know about this? Or what amino acid is polar or nonpolar or basic or acidic? Um, this like should be encouraging for students taking the MCAT that even on the hardest passage on the MCAT, you will get probably at least one question where you don't need the passage at all. And at least one question where you kind of barely need the passage. You just need a piece of information, something that was mentioned that might help you, like in addition to outside content, answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Any uh, any other thoughts about kind of what the MCAT is, what it looks like uh, before we end our episode today and jump into uh, MCAT 101? Like how to register and, and everything else for our next episode. Yeah. So this builds up on, on something we discussed in the previous episode. And that is the MCAT does overlap with your undergraduate classes. So the content in here should be familiar if you've taken these classes, but with two very big key differences. One, and this is something Ryan mentioned earlier, the MCAT is mile wide inch deep. The MCAT will not test you on content to the level of depth that you've seen it in your undergraduate classes, especially for something like organic chemistry, where you had like one small clue and you have to build a whole mechanism out of it. Uh, the MCAT is not going to test it this way. It's a multiple yeah. choice test. I, um, I, and... I love that, by the way, from from like <laughs> yeah. uh, from organic and and biochem is looking at that NMR spec spectroscopy. Like I was a yeah. savant at those things. I, I would <laughs> I would see it and go, oh, I know what that is in like in like two minutes. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, that, this translates well to the MCAT, but I think students who struggle with it can still do well on the MCAT. Um, and the second thing is. It's a problem solving test. It's not a content. We talked about content based questions a lot today, but yeah. it's still the majority of questions uh, are problem solving questions. Yeah. Actually, AMC says explicitly 45% of our questions are problem solving questions, and 20% of our questions are research design and figures questions. So that 65% of your science questions are application questions and not recognition or recall questions. Yeah. So you need to practice for the MCAT and not be satisfied with, I know the content from undergrad or I know a content from X book that I bought for the MCAT. So important, so important. That's the one takeaway every student should have. It's, just, yeah. it's not a content test. It's, it, it's a critical thinking test that just happens to be uh, based in, on science. So keep practicing. Keep practicing. All right, so there you have it. Again, Ali from Blueprint MCAT. If you're thinking about a Blueprint Live online course, Ali could be one of your instructors. Go check it out at blueprintmcat.com. And did you know I host a live, Instagram live, <laughs> Instagram live, uh, usually every Friday. Uh, obviously, I miss some Fridays, but usually every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And... Once a month, I'm joined by a Blueprint MCAT live online instructor. And during those sessions, we give away a live online subscription. So 
If you're not following us on Instagram, uh, I'll soon be streaming those to TikTok as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, go, you should, you should go follow. So stay tuned for those. I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT.